That last song was dedicated to everyone who missed it because they were in the bathroom changing their tampon. And the next 12 hours of songs are for anyone who's trying the Diva Cup for the first time and is currently kicking back with uninterrupted period protection. Sound good to you? Check out the world's number one menstrual cup for yourself at shopdiva.com and get 10% off with code RADIO10. Conditions apply. Hello and welcome to week 42 of the Foot Weekly Podcast. My special guests this week include quite a few pesky seagulls because for the first time in many months I've got out of the city and headed down to the seaside. But of course no packing onto beaches or anything like that in these uh, strange times that we're in. And talking of strange, slight difference this week in terms of how this pod and next week's pod are going to work. Whereas this would normally be a mostly patron exclusive, it's actually going to be completely available to everyone because next week will be a full patron exclusive for information podcast. But plenty to get into this week as we review some of these key shapeshifter players that have come out recently and talk about the potential to end chemstyles for good. Plus, how do we solve the pace problem and Jape's aggressive 532. I'm your host, Ben. This is the Foot Weekly Podcast. And I did just want to quickly say before we get into it, our special guest here does have slightly muffled audio, but you can hear throughout. So hopefully that's okay. Apologies again for slightly lower than usual audio quality. For now, though, let me introduce after his off week last week. I'm delighted to welcome back. We missed you. Well, Japes. let's just be clear. I wasn't having an off week because it relates to my FIFA abilities. I just so happened to be <laughs> off from the pod that week. But yes, Ben, I missed you too. Yeah, it, it did sound a bit like you'd had a bad week or something and therefore just decided that it wasn't worth you coming on the pod. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we should clarify that it's it's not performance related, but just uh, timings related. And it's great to have you back. We also have joining us this week a, a guest who's been on before, actually, but it was quite a while ago now. Uh, presenter, esports host, very good footballer. I, I mean, I, I could go on, I'm sure. But uh, welcome to the podcast, Aaron West. Thank you for having me and thank you for all those accolades. <laughs> and uh, I forgot to mention, also committed foot player. I think obsessed is better than committed. And constantly coming out of retirement to play yeah. ultimate <laughs> That's team. how I think I that am. needs to be noted as well. That's <laughs> a problem. That's how bad it is. <laughs> <laughs> and you uh, actually a relatively new player of foot, right? I, I feel like compared to most people. Yeah. Is that right? I, you... I'm a new hardcore player. I only started playing foot actually like pick, I only picked up the mode I want to say in like 15 and like probably hardcore started playing like 2 years ago maybe. Right, right, right. Do you remember pre foot champs foot we playing that? To be there, like, I, like, played foot, but I didn't, like, really delve into it before, like, I want to say 18, because, like, I, I played FIFA my whole life, but then you, like, play, I, like, started working in, in media and filmed with a couple, like, actual professional FIFA players and was like, oh, they're playing a completely different game than I'm playing. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, this is not just a simple pass and do a couple moves game. Like, this is a whole complex thing. So, that's when I really, really started getting serious about like learning the, the gameplay and the actual I got obsessed with the gameplay mode of Ultimate Team. Mm. And you used to work at Copper 90, which a lot of people will be quite familiar with, right? Or, or Copper 90 US. Exactly, yeah. And that, that's when I like really got to know the world of foot. I met, I think, um, way back when I was with Copa 90, I met Matt HD Gamer. I knew Mike LaBelle from 
a little bit before that. And I met a couple other guys and just like started to get to know the esports world in general a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that was that was just kind of what kicked it all off. Nice. And uh, I remember last time one of your big things was moving players between different positions. Oh my god, yeah, I'm still obsessed with that. I'm like my the biggest thing for me still about foot is the team building. I love the team building aspect. That's what like I've always I still play football manager to this day. I've played it since I was like since it was championship manager since I was like 12 something like that. Way way too long. Mm. But it's always been about the tactical side of it for me. So it's it's fun for me to to position change to 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 get everyone on 10 uh and just tweak tweak as much as i can and make hybrid teams that's that's the fun part for me nice well you'll be a good guest i'm sure on this pod and of course you played football at a relatively high level well college soccer which is pretty good actually maybe not quite as good as our league one player last week but that definitely means you have a a good knowledge of football maybe not just from that maybe from football manager too (laughs) but let's get into the foot content this week and we're going to talk later about some more broader things as we often do at this point in the year but we'll get into the nitty-gritty of foot because there's been some pretty good players come out over the past week and I think we've tried most of them so that'll be good to discuss the first one one of the biggest ones is Ribery and he's a 94 rated player which doesn't seem a huge upgrade on the face of it over the shapeshifters but when you drill into the stats I think he definitely is Japes, I know you've used him quite extensively. So what have been your thoughts? I, I mean, I, I really, really like him. Uh, obviously, I have like sentimental value being a Byron man, fan myself. So yeah, I did him probably within 10 minutes of release and have played, you know, 15-ish games, 10 to 15 games maybe with him um, at this point. But he's just, I, I think the easiest comparison is for those of you guys that have done Lucas Mora or played against Lucas Mora, Imagine that, but like much more aggressive, stronger with five star skills and like a knack to be a little bit stickier on the ball. And I think if described that way, it's kind of like if he fits your team, why wouldn't you do him then? He's really, really fun, really enjoyable to use. And is Frank Ribery, man. Come on. Jake, are you playing him through the center or, or wide? Currently, I play him as my left striker in the 5 3 2, and I run him with the false nine tactic and stay central so he's kind of he's kind of orchestrating a lot for me it's interesting actually because uh, i don't think i've mentioned this enough on the podcast right that i got that red messy the team of the season <laughs> and i have to say that i think i think Ribery might actually be better mm. than that mm. messy let's not get ahead of ourselves here well it's just the fact that he's got that added strength right and the five star weak foot five star skills which Messi doesn't have, that does give him a bit of an edge. Because if you look at the stats, I mean, there's not a huge amount between them, right? I mean, I, you know what, though? I think the key thing there that you've got to make sure to take into account is Messi has a unique body type. And that this year just makes a huge difference. It's why, like, you look at Neymar in many ways and compare him to Franck Ribéry and... Neymar is still like the headliner Neymar is probably still better because he has that unique body type and he's got a couple additional traits on him so that might not be totally fair but players that have that unique body type this year your R9s of the world as well like they're just they just are seemingly better with those unique animations and Messi has that so 
I will say even the lower versions of Messi that I've used, Franck Ribéry does not curl a shot like Messi curls a shot. Honestly, Messi's, I have the, the team of the season Messi as well. I've packed him. I, my pack luck has been absurd this year. But his, <laughs> even with his right foot, like he feels like he has a five-star weak foot. Uh, he, he yeah, it's true. Yeah, he's, on he's foot. I'm a bit of a sucker for five-star skills. It might be why I'm sort of thinking Ribéry may be better. But Ben, do you even use skill moves, though? Well, I like to pretend I do. <laughs> um... <laughs> See, I think, uh, I think that's the key right there. Like, I, I look at it, I'm like, yeah, he's got five-star skills. And then really, when it comes down to it, the only thing that's different for me is that he, when I'm doing the, like, the sprint turn when he's running, yeah, the scoop turn's different, you know? And yeah. occasionally, I'll throw in a fake Rabona stop and get real spicy with a Hocus Pocus <laughs> or Elastico. But even then, I'm oftentimes just losing Yeah, fair. No, I, yeah, I, I got sucked into the five-star skill moves thing a lot but because I do love it. I love the running scoop turn. I love to do a couple of five-star skill moves. But really, I, I've gotten... I've, like, tried to get more into, like, a little... Uh, fake shot stop and then then do the scoop turn because it's then it's basically the same almost as the running scoop turn mm, and you can do it with four star skillers yeah I mean the thing is I do use the running scoop quite a bit I mentioned this last week actually a few people asked how to do it it is actually just a dummy but you're it's a running dummy basically with a five star skiller one thing that I would also say in terms of using five star skills I do use the elastico a fair bit which is fairly effective I also quite like the McGeady spin which not everyone likes but I do like doing that I guess you're right you know there aren't really that many benefits to five-star skills compared to, say, five-star weak foot, especially if you're not that keen on skilling. But yeah, just for the fun factor, Japes, what chemistry style were you using on Rebri? Uh I used Marksman on him. Me too, twin. <laughs> <laughs> nice, yeah. I used Talk just because I wanted to maximize the pace because he's playing out wide, I guess. But I wanted to ask you... Aaron, because I know you've used that summer heat for Mino and it's someone many people have considered or will be considering, and I know Japes is too. So do you want to fill us in on what he's like? Yeah, he is great. He plays for the bad, stuck an engine on him. I was like a little bit wary. I think he's like 94 acceleration, 93 pace, something like that. I was like, I don't know. Is that enough? But I think there's there's something weird about the like upper rated Firmino cards that have like some sort of like hidden acceleration traits or something he like he gets to every single through ball i've played him at cam i've played him at striker i've played him out wide right and left cam and he he gets to every through ball he's great on the ball super super smooth finishes everything i I don't have to worry about like boosting his shooting at all like distance shots finishing left and right foot in the box he just he's great and i even uh i played him like alongside i I did this for Vino as well uh i played him alongside Fabinho in midfield a couple times just to see if he works and he does mm. he just like does everything where did you find he was the best or most impactful player for you probably most impactful either as a striker and uh state central and mixed in a 4-3-1 or cam but like because i wanted to use Ribery at cam i'm using him at on the left side and i've got sancho on the right so he's i mean he's literally you can use him anywhere mm. he's caused me a few problems actually and it is a weird one because as you're saying his stats don't look quite as stunning as some of the cars that are coming out at the moment but yeah no really good and do you think it might be another argument for your theory japes that base positioning or his is 97 actually makes a, a big difference to sure. how a player plays i mean especially if he's getting in behind well yeah anytime you want to promote my foot conspiracy <laughs> theories i'm very much like pro that but it certainly is a nod towards that being 
an important stat. I know. Are you talking about attack yeah, positioning? Like his base attack positioning is really, really high to begin with. And so he just is going to have that knack to get in a good space regardless. It's interesting. I have that belief with uh, goalkeepers in reaction, like on their base card. That's my, uh, that's my conspiracy. Oh, thing. you're actually right about that because I looked into that. And basically, when we did a podcast with the producers, I asked them, and this is good to point out, actually, especially with that Nick Pope card. And they basically said it's really important. It allows them to gauge the trajectory of the ball and then react appropriately using the other stats they have. And the base reactions on a goalkeeper's original card is the one that they have even on their upgrades in the future. So someone like Nick Pope, he might have a 93 rated card like this one is, but his reactions are still going to be only 70, which is what it is on his base gold card. Interesting. So yeah, that is not necessarily the case for other cards because you can actually, if you look in game, see that they have been boosted. But for goalkeeping cards, if you look in game, you'll see that they actually haven't gone above the base reactions they were given at the very start of the game. So it's definitely the case that you can almost rule out, well, pretty much all keepers below sort of, I don't know, 80 reactions, I'd say, because I don't think they're going to play very well. Nick Pope's ridiculously tall and has amazing stats. And he has saves with feet, so could probably compensate to an extent. But for most players, most goalkeepers, yeah, you're really going to struggle, I reckon, um, below a certain point. Let's uh, chat about one final card then, because I feel like I've been blessed in terms of the players that they've brought out it's allowed me to fit on full chem messy team of the season this ibrahimovic card uh, the rebri card and the dembele that just came out as well and then i've got uh, mendy and zidane in central midfield so you've got what four five star five star players across the midfield and then ibra and messi up front which is which is really really good but i've used the dembele now not for too many games but enough to tell that he's a really really good player like he feels very, very nice on the ball, as you'd expect. And as all Dembele cards have felt, but he does just feel that much more clinical, that much better at passing, just a, a better rounded, kind of pacey, skillful winger. Uh, obviously got that five-star, five-star, which is amazing. But I think the one criticism I'd have, and maybe why I'd say Ribery is the better player, is that he doesn't have the stamina He's only got 85, but the big thing is he doesn't have the strength. I mean, he's below 70. His aggression's low as well. So he's a very good card. He's really outstanding, but he's not in that very, very top tier of players that Ribery's in. He doesn't quite make it for me because he doesn't have that strength and aggression and the stamina to last. That being said, if he's going to fit into your team, then just do it. But it's expensive uh, compared to Ribery. So just to be clear... You're saying Ribery is a better car than Dimbele. Yeah. <laughs> I love how James is like, I need you to say <laughs> I need you. We need, we need to make sure that the listeners explicitly understand <laughs> what Ben is saying here because for many people, this Dimbele card has been the, will be the like pinnacle of their summer heat and is a card that everybody's been looking forward to and Ben just, came out and was like yeah and by the way there's a french player who's a couple hundred k cheaper <laughs> but he's a left mid is, th is there a french left back <laughs> yeah well exactly that, that is a good point right but i'm, I'm saying basically right, some people okay. are going to go for dembele over ribri just for the links but yeah exactly you're right i'm saying if you would like either a ribri or a dembele and you can fit both into your team and you can only get one 
100% go for Ribéry. 100%. Because why? Ribéry is better than Dembele. <laughs> yes. <laughs> there it is. That's all we need to hear. <laughs> and if you guys, if you guys disagree, Ben, what yeah. is your Twitter at, handle again? At Foot Weekly Ben. Yeah. There you go. Bring it on. No, no. I think if from the people that have got both so far, who I've spoken to, they seem to have said the same thing. So I don't think I'm completely going out on a limb. Oh, just for context, I played Marksman on Dembele. Uh, he's basically got max pace, um, so you don't need to boost that. And yeah, he needs a little bit of a physical boost and reactions as well. But he's he's still a really, really good card. Don't get me wrong. I'd be waxing lyrical about him had I not done Ribery and been using him. So yeah, uh, don't hold back. But at the same time, he's not cheap. Are you playing them both together? Yeah, yeah. I'm playing them both as wingers in the same side. So uh, it's probably That's quite a, quite a fair comparison. And I'm playing Ibrahimovic and Messi up front, which is which is really fun. Can I say something uh, sacrilegious before we go on? Uh, oh, okay. I uh, I chucked Ibrahimovic into that uh, Ruby Rieski. No. Oh! Oh! I love it. I love it. Right, it's over. It. No, one, no one is safe in my team this year. I've like put the game down so many times that like if I make like 10 squads and the player doesn't make it into the starting lineup or the subs like for like five or six times i just get rid of them well yeah i feel that like i did the kubo objective and i haven't even used kubo yet mm. like he i he's just sort of like say and i did indomble as well and you're hard pressed to believe that indomble is going to get into my starting lineup again this year and so he's probably going to be fodder and ibra the same in some ways the same way really good card glad i did him he was fun to use but am i going to really have a blast using ibra as my striker for the rest of the year like probably not yeah like i played a few games with him i'm not gonna sit here and be like oh i'm a great player and i just he sucked i just wasn't good with him and i he fell out of my team so i just put him into an sbc for somebody i would use <laughs> yeah i think he just suits the way i play really i like doing the the flicks and wall passes things like that and obviously his skills as well are really really good fun i think in terms of the content we've covered most of it i wanted to just point out actually something that a couple of people mentioned it in the Discord maybe a week or so ago. I think it was Caleb and maybe David pointing this out, that the gold pack method, as it's called, so the same as the bronze pack method, but with gold packs is very viable at the moment where you basically can open unlimited gold packs. So that's 5K coins and sell everything inside. Well, not everything, actually. There's some stuff you can obviously just discard because it's not going to sell. But most of it and especially the players will sell for a decent amount at the moment and you won't make a loss you can basically just keep going until you get something good and another thing on this actually there's plenty of upgrades which are quite handy at the moment to be crafting sbcs and things if you're looking to do some of these summer heat sbcs because you can use the bronze silver gold upgrades to craft the 85 to 92 sbc and also the double 84 plus sbc as well and that'll give you some very cheap fodder which is good at this point because uh, it is all quite expensive and if you want to do any of those sbcs could save you quite a bit obviously quite time consuming if you want to do something which is a bit more fun i guess or at least less time consuming you could build those uh, 88 plus sbcs where you get five 88 plus players it's a bit more expensive uh, more fodder demanding but saving those until team of the season is back in packs which is likely could be really fun in terms of players though james i think we're covered maybe that and babu 
Pope are the other ones worth talking about? Yeah, just for listeners too that are thinking about doing a Babu, one, he's going to be outrageous. His pace default is super high. But for those of you guys that are worrying about getting him in on chemistry, like if you have the flashback Jerome Boateng as your center back and you're playing in Babu on seven chem, he's going to be fine. Like he's going to be fine. He's a car that you will get away with playing on seven chem yeah, yeah. and not have to think twice about it. Oh, you've teed me up for this question really nicely here. Jose Anya asks, would any of you on the pod consider doing a foot champs low chemistry experiment? Personally, I've never felt an issue with anything over five chem, but I was wondering if top players could feel a difference with the top tier cards on zero to four chem. Has anyone tried it? It would be nice to hear how you think chemistry truly affects the players. Thanks. Aaron, I mean, you're someone who's similar-ish to me in terms of uh, if you're playing a player off cam, it does feel a little bit painful. Yeah, I, um, I've sworn off foot champs, number one, so I wouldn't do a foot, foot champs. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I like, I am like a a big believer in cam. Like, I'm not someone who just believes things at face value. So, like, I've tried multiple cards with multiple different cam styles, and I very much believe in it. I've tried it, like, on 7 cam, on 8 cam, on 10 cam, on, like, 4 cam. And like it, it really is a thing. You can pause the game when you put play someone on like three chem or zero chem. You can pause it and see that their face, their actual in-game stats are lower. Their pace is lower. Their reactions lower. Everything is lower, and they just feel sluggish. Like they, their passing's bad. Their shooting's bad. So I am a big believer in it. Like I think it's a real thing. Um, I just I am pretty OCD in general. So like I can't have more than like two players in my team that are off cam like seven cam or eight cam but yeah i i'm a big big believer in that uh, i mean the facts don't lie if you look into it i think someone did some research and chemistry styles do have an impact so chemistry does matter you can argue you know maybe how much difference that makes in game but if you look at someone like boateng uh, who's a classic example of someone who really needs a pace boost. Let's say you're going to put a shadow on him. If you have 10 chem, he's obviously going to get, what, plus 15 acceleration. As soon as you go down to 5 chem, he's only getting plus 4. It's a massive, massive difference. And that applies to lots of different chem styles. That's obviously a plus 15 boost, so it's one of the bigger ones. But it matters to other chem styles uh, equally and I guess makes less of a difference when you scatter the boost around with the plus fives it doesn't have as big an impact i'd say also i 100 percent can tell the difference in game even if i play someone with anchor and with shadow i can tell that they're not able to keep up with an attacker if they're a center back as well as they would be able to and so basically i'm going to decline your challenge because <laughs> uh, <laughs> it would probably be suicide yeah it would not be fun the game's already sluggish enough <laughs> yeah oh, yeah exactly well and also the other thing is like his question was kind of about top tier players and JFC, I mean, you've had a, a pretty amazing team for a long time. And I think certain players, as you were saying about Mbabu, aren't going to suffer from being on low chem because their base stats are just outrageous. Well, there, I think there's a difference between seven chem and taking a left back and putting them at strikers. So they're on like, like two or three, what yeah. is it, like one, two chem or three chem or something. Then like your stats are actually going negative, I believe, because I believe five is it plays to the stats in the card. And so, like, to your point, Ben, with using shadow chems, that type of thing, if I'm going to play a player on seven or eight chem, I only use chemistry styles that only boost two categories. Because otherwise, oftentimes, I feel like the boost, when it's spread out across the three, just yeah, isn't just that impactful. Basically. Like, mm -hmm. you're sort of like, 
why do it at that point. But if you're doing it just across two different ones, it still has some level of impact. And so, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I just say there's just lots of ways to look at it, right? There's a million different things. I think, like Aaron said, two players on seven or eight chem for me is like usually pretty fine. I wanted to move us on to talking about, well, we've we've talked before about chemistry and what we might look to change, I guess, going forward. And it always hurts me to talk about chemistry because you do hear a lot of people just saying, get rid of it. And I, I really think it's an important part of the game. And I really enjoy the dynamic of trying to make my team work. Well, yeah. So squad chemistry, I think we need to be clear, like squad chemistry different than chemistry styles yeah yeah that's that's true yeah because i like recently i've been sort of feeling like there's like a major argument to be made that chemistry styles need to go bye-bye okay well so you would just base boost the whole team by a certain amount on every stat in some ways like i guess you're base boosting the team by a certain stat but i think i'm more so saying like when you're giving someone plus 15 acceleration like okay look all right, Ben, you've done it. Here we go. <laughs> you the, can of worms. <laughs> this silver objective that has recently come out along with that Paulinho thing. I think a lot of people really enjoyed playing that game of FIFA. And it's because you were using cards that were are low rated. If you go to head to head and you play a game of FIFA without cards that have any of these wild boosts, like you feel like you're playing a really good football or soccer simulation. And when you come into Ultimate Team and you get these wild, wild chemistry boosts, boosting just these specific categories, it makes gameplay feel really, really similar like across the board and so with the way that they're giving out boosts this year more so than ever it takes away uniqueness of any specific type of players or like play styles that you want to go for and so i think there's a a real argument to be made that the way the chemistry system the way it's done where you can individually boost certain stats of players like i think for me more realistically is like Perhaps managers give like Pep Guardiola gives his all of his players like plus five in their passing stats or something along those lines, like give the managers something that could be a little bit unique or perhaps there are like manager boost chemistry styles. And so if you want to play a, a, a style where you just like Simeone and sit back and pack it in. There might be a manager style, chemistry style for that. But I think the boosts that are given out from chemistry styles, they're just way too much. Like when it gets to this later stage of the game, it really, really impacts gameplay to where it doesn't even feel like a simulation anymore in any way, shape or form. And so I think it's time to reevaluate why those were put in the game and how they should be utilized moving forward. It's a very interesting argument. And actually, James, you keep teeing me up here, which is great. Because there's another question here which feeds perfectly into this. Look at the synergy. Look at the synergy. I know. Look at this. Yeah. It's because you took a week's break. It recharged the batteries. <laughs> right. Matt says, I wanted to ask about the logic behind the cards and their relation to one another. So bear in mind here, he's talking a bit more about boosts, I guess, than chemistry styles. But I think actually your point feeds into this. For instance, take Messi, a gold card. He represents his ability on a normal day, and it's set at 94. At this point in the power cycle, that would mean that Carlos Vela is capable of being better than Messi. Additionally, these gold cards 
can't be used any longer as starters because they lack the stamina to play a full game with anybody uh, who is a team of the season. I feel that since team of the season, the entire player pool has been changed to make only 92 plus cards usable. Uh, obviously with some exceptions. I've heard Japes rate this promo well by using his usual criteria of making the usable player pool more diverse. My question is, if the usable player pool uh, was larger pre-foot birthday than it is now, I feel that because players were not maxed out in areas that make no sense, it was possible to be more creative in player selection since you didn't need to have essentially all max stats with the chemstars as well to use them. Additionally, I really dislike the way that they upgraded weak foot and skill moves. To me, that's the identity of the player and it's something that shouldn't change. By making these changes, rather than enlarging the pool of usable players, I feel they've diminished it by automatically making every player under four-star weak foot, max stamina, high defending, dribbling, passing, shooting, uh, rather unusable in comparison to others. If they were to fix this, uh, how would they go about it? Would Messi have to be a gold 90 so we could go up from there? I played a lot of Madden before FIFA and there was a season that only a single player got 99 pace. I mean, that did used to be the case in foot as well, to be fair. What is the point of having 99 pace if everybody has it? I really felt that they manipulated the power curve so well until foot birthday and then it felt it went in a crazy direction. That's just my two cents. That was a, a long question, more of a statement, but I, I can kind of understand what you're saying. Yeah, look, I think pace is always such an interesting one. And so when you look at defenders... People are like, well, they don't have 80 pace, like even very early on in the game, they'll say like they don't have 75, 80 pace, like not usable. And they're saying not usable because in addition to that 75, 80 pace, you have to put a shadow chemistry style on them because attackers at that point are already super pacey and then added on with an even more pacey chemistry style. But it, like my point with chemistry is, if the max boost that you could be getting on a card would be like five sprint speed, five acceleration, or it would improve, you know, some of their other stats in just like still smaller amounts. Like I just don't Hummels with like 60 pace would be would end up being more usable because attackers wouldn't be juiced beyond to like 99 pace all the time. And you might say, yeah, well, you're still going to have Mbappe with like 90, 94 pace. But like because Hummels has such strong capabilities and like other stats and other areas, like you should be able to still use him. But like, yes, you're going to have to be careful not to let Mbappe just run away from you. And so if you're playing that, like you might have to make some tactical adjustments. But for me, the chemistry style boosts specifically on their physical attributes name like namely pace and how impactful in some ways they've been on dribbling this year and how seemingly unimportant they are in other categories it just has to get reevaluated the way like is this the intention and the design of the game that players are going to go out and like you have to have to use a certain level of pace or stamina on a player to even find them usable. And yes, the meta curve is going to shift throughout the entire course of the year. No doubt about it. And, and that's normal. And I expect that to happen. But at the start of the year specifically, like you would hope and this has always been the case, you would hope that a 90 rated card, even if they didn't have the pace to go along with it, would be usable. And you have to remember, we're at the point in the season where so many special cards have been released with such wild, wild boosts that now every player can do 
everything for the most part. And so the four-star, five-star weak foot, that's the only thing left to make a difference and get people excited about it. Yeah, I also want to point out, I think he he kind of like one of his gripes was that like the play pool has been diminished because so many cards are special. But like you don't have a budget. You can still put together an insane team with players from across the globe because there are so many special cards because there are so many types of cards with all kinds of different links. Like, if you wanted to, you could go out with just about any budget and put together, like, a playable team. And I think that's amazing. I think we are at a point where, like, a lot of cards, so many cards have been kind of insanely boosted that it is it is a little bit difficult. Like, it's a little like it's a little out of control now. But by the same token, they've done a good job towards the end of just putting out like great cards from all kinds of different places, like all, all different leagues, nationalities. Like it's, it's been a lot of fun to see. Yeah. That. The diversity of quality has been great. And I think if I'm being totally honest, you have to look at this from a few different perspectives. And when you're looking at this from the perspective of someone who's a very committed player, say like myself, who's not spent a ton on the game, but certainly through grinding the game consistently has built up quite a lot of coins, I'd be able to go out and buy um, some of the very best players in the game. Whereas last year, someone might... Well, maybe not last year, because last year was quite good, but maybe the year before. uh, Someone who didn't have so many coins, while they would have been able to build a solid team, they would have never been able to get close to the team that I've been able to build. Whereas because of Team of the Season having such huge boosts across the board, and because of the fact that Summer Heat has had such good cards that are basically free, I would say this year more than ever, you can get closer to the kind of team a very, very, very committed player who's ground the game would have. But uh, whether that's good or bad, I don't know, because maybe I should be rewarded for all of that. And actually competing against people who who have juiced teams in the weekend league who've maybe got their teams far cheaper than I have, it, it doesn't really matter at this point, right? I mean, kind of. They're still going to... There's still some of the juice team of the season players that you can go out and get on a budget maybe don't have, like, some of the traits or the five-star weak phases. You know, some of them obviously do, but they might still be missing out. But what I, the last thing I want to say on chemistry is, like, if you were to scroll through your club or scroll through foothead and check out some of the cards with their stats like i just imagine what the game would play like if players still had weaknesses right let's say the flashback jerome boatang right like he's still he has 83 pace 91 defending and 92 physical and the only reason people say he's great he's usable is because many of them are slapping a shadow on him I, I just, I don't know, man. I'm sick of these wild boosts, I think is what it is. I, I remember, I think I I preferred foot in a time when not every player had 99 stats and everything across the board. And in some ways, there were mechanics and you could get away with using players that had lesser stats and the game still felt good and fun to playable. But like, I, I just, I think it has to just get reevaluated because if you go into head to head and even if you play, even if you play against a like world 11 side with and it's a good player that's handling a normal Manchester United side with Harry Maguire at the back like the good player with the Harry Maguire at the back is still going to win and that would not necessarily be the case in ultimate team I think that as well like the game needs to continue to evolve to mirror real life football real life soccer uh where pace I think 
I don't, and I don't know how to do this. I'm just like asking right. for things that. I yeah, don't know well, how this to is this is do. this is why I always say like I do not envy the position that EA is in. End of statement. Right? Like, how do you balance a fun right, game right. with a real sports simulation? It's not like yeah. Fortnite where you make up any rules. Exactly. I think about this all the time. It's like the game of soccer itself is so chaotic. Like to actually have to code that would be a damn nightmare. But like saying all that to say like the actual pace that needs to be devalued and stats like agility and reactions and things like that um, on both the attacking and defensive side. There needs to be a better balance between the the value of the pace stat and the value of the kind of like side to side rather than vertical. Like agility is so important in soccer itself and it's better in this game. Like I think that it's gotten a lot better overall. And I've seen market improvements, but still mm. pace is king. Yeah. With the pace stat, I think what's really, really interesting and fascinating is they really, I think they need to be more aggressive with the disparity between players that accelerate quickly and have top end sprint speeds. Because like Nicholas yeah. Zula is a absolute madman when he gets going, right? And like they've sort of coded that into the game for Byron. He's like a tank of a player, but he is almost maybe not almost as fast as Alfonso Davies, but he's one of the fastest players on the Bayern squad end of statement. And like in the Bundesliga has consistently been timed as one of the fastest players. Now getting his big body up and going is another story. And so like <laughs> defenders, many of them are quite fast. So give them elite sprint speed, like some of these other top end players and bring down their acceleration. Now, on the flip side, there are some players that are unbelievably quick and quick being towards the acceleration and agility angle, but like their top end speed, they could still get run down, right? Or they're still, you know, they're fast, but they don't have the same stride. They don't have those same long legs that some of those big center backs have when they get going. And so I think there, there has to be a balance there. And I'm glad I'm not the one making that decision, but it is so important for the balance of the game to try to keep pushing and figuring out how to get that right because it will make it a far more enjoyable game for everyone involved. Yeah, and do you know what? During this conversation, I've been thinking about this idea, you know, of reducing the effect that Shadow has, for example. Uh, that 15 acceleration does kind of make a mockery of Wild. any upgrades that the game's going to give that player. It's crazy, right? But I think that there needs to be a bit of boosting of defenders' pace to compensate for the fact that Shadow might not be in the game. Because, as you were saying, centre-backs, while they might not have the fastest acceleration on the game, they certainly, many of them, will have very, very high sprint speed once they get going. So there does need to be a bit more of a, of a buff to those defenders on their base card. And one thing I'd say to Matt's point originally, the idea that maybe we have reached the ceiling really uh, at this point in the year and it's caused players to look very similar and I totally get all these these points. I do wonder whether in the near future we may see uh, stats stretch beyond 99 possibly or we start to see things stretched further because we are reaching that point where it's just oh, quite gosh. difficult for them to create differentials. Can you imagine you have like 120 shooting, people yeah, are going to lose true. their mind please, if it doesn't go in know. every time. Well, that's true. So what I would personally do if it didn't matter what the general public thought, which obviously isn't the case, unfortunately, is just literally start the ratings at max of, say, Ronaldo's an 84. 
uh, and go from there. I think that would actually make things work better over the course of the year. But I don't think they would what's, do that. What's interesting yeah. is like if you look at the difference between a lot of top players or like within the top leagues and you say, what's the difference between the best players and yes, there's a level of athleticism, but like top end pace and in some ways acceleration, like those aren't going to be the stats at the truly, truly elite levels bar like a few players that are just wildly athletic and truly like physical specimens. Like I, I don't think that is the difference between what makes a player good and what makes a player bad yet in FIFA pace in many ways is everything at different points in the game. So I, you know, even you're saying like your absolute wild, like fastest, fastest player. If you're saying the fastest player maybe is like 85 sprint speed, you're bringing that gap way, way closer. And it makes in my, in my mind, then it makes a lot more players quote unquote usable. Mm. That's interesting. I, I feel like I've now got more questions than answers, but at the same time, I feel like, this is something that is very important, as we've discussed. And I think, Japes, your points here about chemistry styles especially is very good. And I think Matt's made a very good point here about um, you know, the power curve and, and how we need to think about it going forward and whether they are going to make changes. I think one thing, as I've said this before, that could make a big difference is if they're able to change stats individually in terms of not having to use this algorithm to boost players, which causes certain stats to go crazy, some stats not to get boosted and all those kind of things. That could potentially help. But it's something that, yeah, we can discuss more. And I think people will have interesting thoughts on what we've just discussed here um, themselves. So do send them in at footweeklypod or you can email footweekly at mail.com. Or if you're in the Discord, of course, um, plenty of discussion there. Uh, best place to feed stuff into the pod is through uh, pod priority questions. Right, uh, we're going to take a break and we'll be back probably with a slightly shorter part two. Uh, this has been a long part one, but enjoyable one. Uh, we'll see you in just a second. And in this break, it gives me great pleasure to announce the winner of the June Supporter Squad of the Month competition. Thanks to all those who entered. As always, there were loads of fantastic entries. I know I said I didn't get too many last week uh, because I hadn't plugged it on the pod, but you definitely delivered over the past week. Loads of great entries and it was tough, as always, for our independent panel to decide on a winner. They have come to their decision, though, and the winner is... Drumroll, please. Rob Styles, and thanks to Maddie for providing the drum roll this week. Uh, I left it at home, so uh, good improvisation there. But yeah, Rob's team showed excellent squad building prowess, and using that link from Ibrahimovic to uh, the left back Hernandez is really good, as well as fitting in the likes of Dembele, De Jong, Modric, Militao, Mendy, Kubo, and Ribery. Only one player off chem as well in Mendy who can definitely do a job without full chem. And Rob, you have, of course, won those 4,600 FIFA points. A reminder to get in touch with me once you've heard this so I don't ruin it by DMing you and you don't hear it read out on the pod. And a reminder then, if you are a supporter of the podcast, you can enter the goal and squad of the month competitions over at footweeklypodcast.com forward slash competitions. That's footweeklypodcast.com forward slash competitions. Remember, it works on an alternating basis. So last month was squad of the month. Next month will be goal of the month but you can enter those at any point. So you don't need to wait to enter your squad of the month. If you have one right now, enter it and it'll be entered into the month after next. For now though, let's hop back into the pod. 
Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all-in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Hello and welcome back. And Aaron, you're back on the podcast after a long time out. Uh, it's great to have you. How have you found uh, that foot weekly break? Honestly, refreshing. Um, informative, um, mm. something I missed. I've only been on the pod once before this, but it, this is something I've been waiting for for a very long time. Good to hear. Well, um, hopefully uh, the next one won't be too far away. Uh, let, let's get into this uh, part two then. Uh, we normally talk gameplay. Why don't we start off with a bit of sort of setting the scene, if you like. Aaron, as we haven't had you on for a while, what uh, formation are you tending to play at the moment and any kind of notable things that you've been doing around the way that you're you're playing and, and the formations that you're using? Uh, I have been running with a 4-2-3-1 recently. It, mm-hmm. It's been okay. Oof. James isn't I like don't that. love it, so I'm I'm looking to switch to something else. I've like I played a back three for a while, three five two I believe. I played four four two for a while, did four one two one two like kind of early in the game. So I, I don't know. I'm I'm looking for a switch. I'm not the biggest fan of back three formation. Uh, I know that's like an affront to Jake's entire life, but I, I I don't know. I I'm. Right now, I've been playing four two three one, but I'm open to change as always. Like I'm literally just constantly changing my squad, so I have no loyalty to anything. Well, I was going to ask a, a more mechanics gameplay question to to kind of start things off here, but we can get Japes's five three two that he's been working on and enjoying first, perhaps. Actually, Aaron, in terms of the players that you are using and enjoying most what does japes have to work with if he's trying to get you into using the 532 uh i have a lot of the top tier players my pack luck has been insane so i have edamilitao diego carlos uh boateng kimpembe sar at center back i've got mendy davies at left back i've got mbabu uh carver hall at right back midfielders i've got fabinho i've got witzel i've got cruz i've got modric i've got renato sanchez i've got tangi and Dombele, i've got <laughs> alan i've got everyone basically <laughs> every sbco objective <laughs> i did not do Phil Foden, unfortunately <laughs> yeah i just wanted to remind liverpool fans that their beloved fabinho didn't get upgraded <laughs> I, to be fair, <laughs> Fabinho, even without the upgrade, like I looked at his base. Yeah, he doesn't stats, need it. I was he like, doesn't oh, need it. It'll be worth it either way. Uh, yeah, and I, yeah. He's great. I actually really, really, really like him. The man loves an objective in an SBC. Dude, I think that's I, the takeaway a, here. It's like if, it, if there was an SBC if, if that if could be an done. SBC to be done, I like 97% chance did it. You'll you'll have a lot of uh, kindred spirits in the in the listenership. I'm sure <laughs> there's a lot of people who do every SBC going. I think and and regret it as well. Right, Japes, five three two. Let's let's hear what's. Yeah, what's I want to quickly say there's no affront to not being interested in three backs. I think I don't know if I've ever said it, but I think I'm more interested in just 
pushing the limits of what formations are quote unquote usable or not usable um, and get more so I think the way my brain works is I just get ultra ultra bored of forcing meta tactics just for the sake of giving myself the best chance to win I just, for me I it just is like lot, one of those yeah. Yeah, it's just one of those things that I've never been super interested in. And in many ways, like the I think it's inspired oftentimes by like managers that have been able to implement styles that people haven't seen before and having like the utmost respect that they can go out and do that and figure out something new and a new way to like move the game itself forward. And so for me, I always like trying to figure out what different limits can be pushed or what can be strong. Cause like that three, five, two, once upon a time was something that was like, are you kidding me? Why would you ever use a three back formation? And it became something that was meta because it was much, much stronger than the four back formations. But I, I find myself, so Bayern plays a four, two, three, one. And I watch Bayern every weekend and every weekend at the end of watching Bayern win another game, I think to myself, like, maybe I should give this four, two, three, one a shot. And I just end up not being able to get myself to do it. And so I'm I'm considering, and maybe listeners, you guys can be the judge on this. How different do you consider the 4-2-3-1-2, the wide variation, than the 4-2-3-1 brainless meta formation? I'm curious to see, because what I do like about the second variation is you can have more control over the what your wingers do and the instructions that you give them which i think potentially makes it but i've been considering to see if i could run a press on possession loss 10 depth 4231 with like both of my dms well one on get forward and one on balance to try to just play a really really aggressive and like oppressive style uh but i'm not I think confident the biggest, the biggest difference i've noticed is you can like the pro for the four two three one two is that you can change the winger's instructions, but there's something I, for some reason they seem to disappear from the game for me in the four two three one two, and the CDMs are like start back a little bit too far. I think in the four two three one they're just like naturally positioned a little bit higher, so even if it's a stay back, the stay back will will drop back, but it's a little higher up the pitch even with the hot press. I don't know what it is there's just a minor tweaks that i found that i actually do like the 4231 default i feel like the 42312 is nice in terms of the width that you get but it's not as defensively solid and i think that's why people tend to not find it as effective and people tend to play that 4231 narrow because the cams defend in a more narrow shape and so therefore it gives people a bit more of a solid kind of wall of players, whereas the four two three one two, you have the left mid and right mid come back from a wide area, and it can cause you to maybe not be so yeah, compact. Your, your fullbacks and your wingers are kind of almost doubled up on each other, unless you're playing very very narrow. Yeah, exactly, and that can be a problem if the other person's playing a four two three one because then they don't kind of track back in a way that doubles up on the wide cams or anything like that. So. I can see why people prefer the four two three one, but the four two three one brackets two for me has always been more enjoyable because I think it gives you more width and uh, space going forwards, and and maybe that's why JPC would probably find it a bit more interesting. Yeah, to I, who knows, man? I I don't even know anymore, which is why I'm playing a five three two this weekend, <laughs> pushing the limits there. I'm I. I think I'm currently sitting at gold three or gold two, but if I were to play out the rest of the games, I would probably end up at elite three. 
three or two. I, I would get elite, I'd say for sure. I don't I don't know if I'd push for elite two or not. I think it would depend on how I'm playing today. They're pretty fun tactics, like a little bit different. We're playing on uh, seven depth, I believe. Left wing back, right wing back, join the attack. Interestingly, attacking wise, I'm playing on one width. So you'd think it would play narrow, but the way the width impacts the game, it doesn't really shift any of your central players. So the two strikers, the three mids, the three center backs, like it has zero impact on them. It's just how wide your left wing back and right wing back are. And one width is like fine and allows for in many ways easier combo play and they're still half the time on the touchline anyway so um we're playing that we're playing fast build up uh which is a little bit different one striker on false nine one on drift wide and get in behind and then just my central cm on uh stay back uh so really it's you know, inspired in many ways by my admiration for Kevin De Bruyne and trying to get him into a position where he can uh, be impactful attacking wise, but still have the opportunity to come back and defend. And between him and the 94 Summer Heat Bruno Fernandez, two four star skilled, five star box to box players, really, they just absolutely go ham uh, as CMs with the fast buildup. You don't need to put get forward instructions on them. They're already going to be happy running and getting forward. So it's it's fun. It's something different. You really, though, have to, I suppose, think about what you're doing uh, because there's a pass from your right center back or left center back to the opposite wing back that you can actually ping as like a one time over the top through ball, which is why they ha your outside center backs have to have killer passing. Um and so there are just some like interesting fun passes that you can really, really catch people off guard. And it's made it's made for like quite a bit of fun. I've really quite enjoyed playing it. I haven't quite figured out my favorite pairings in some of the positions, like specifically up top. I think when I was most effective is when I was using uh, Moments Kaka as the false nine and using the Summer Heat Perisic as my... I don't know. He's like, it's kind of like a steam engine position. You're really just asking one of your strikers that I prefer them to be bigger bodied, have strong physical, um, but plenty of pace that can go side to side and you're getting opportunities to do the like sprint running turn, right? Or the running scoop turn, depending if they have the skills and, and kind of drive your attack forward that way while you have a, a more clever, perhaps attacking mid style player that kind of stays in the middle and orchestrates looking for passes to either the two CMs or playing uh, out wide to either of the wing back. So uh, it's fun. It's something different. The tactics, as always, you can find on my Twitter. Are you uh, playing presser after possession loss? I'm just playing on balance right now. The way it sets up, if you play press on possession loss, it makes it too easy for people to play that obnoxious pass that's become so meta where they just play it to their outside back and then just ping a ball down the line um because i'm playing high depth anyway it, it just you're too exposed playing press on possession loss there because your your center backs will press onto their strikers leaving the wings like wide wide open that is one of the problems with press on possession loss isn't it because the big through ball is so easy this year the only way to play a press on possession loss is to play a four back with your outside your left back and right back on stay back while attacking. Mm. It's the only way that you can get away with doing it. Otherwise, you're absolutely screwed every time you lose ball because in FIFA, attacking fullbacks are a death sentence. Unlike real football, where attacking fullbacks 
can absolutely make or break how creative your team can be attacking. So I don't know. Yeah, that's a big issue with the gameplay this year. Actually, funny enough, you say that my go-to uh, need to get myself out of a hole but don't want to go to a, a wild formation is to use the 4-3-3 brackets 4, so the two CMs and the cam, left wing, right wing, but then to have the fullbacks on stay back and do press after possession loss because, as you were saying, if you have them off stay back while on press on possession loss, you just go careering forward and you just get through ball down the wing the whole game uh, well, for the rest of the game. Um, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that, that, that actually seems to work quite well because you have three midfielders pressing and the wingers and strikers so it does work okay but yeah you need to you need to watch out if you're going to play that but yeah no 532 sounds good uh, what i like about it it is really good in terms of switching the play maybe more so than any other formation that you'll use playing those crossfield passes the problem that i had and this is kind of why i haven't managed to give it a go uh this time after you sent it over is that in terms of the types of players that you have, you basically need like loads of box to box players, right? Oh, it's just, it, you have to have, it is a system based formation, mm. right? Like you, and, and oftentimes I would say like I, there are meta players, right? And that fit the four, two, three, one, and thus they're like deemed to be meta. And then I tend to think mm. that like if I'm going to come up with like a unique tactic, Oftentimes, to make that tactic work, you have to have a specific type of player as well. And so if you don't have those two box-to-box outside CMs that can score goals for you, you're not going to have a good time, right? You want that high, high work rate because you want them bombing forward and you need them to get back to protect your center backs. And since like the addition of the Summer Heat Mendy and players like that, like you have attacking wingbacks that... It's just so dull that they can't be used that way in a four back. And so this offers me the ability, like really part of it is like, I like attacking wingbacks to me are fun. Like the idea mm. of that, I like, I like watching attacking wingbacks when I watch real football. And so being able to use that in a three back to me is fun and getting them wide and forward. And sometimes like sometimes they are leading the break right level with my strikers. And to me, that's cool and it's fun and it's different. Yeah, yeah, no, it's really good. I think that's a really good point because basically having got Mendy, I've just tried my hardest not to play him at left back because as you say, they just feel wasted there because actually you just want fullbacks who can defend, otherwise you're going to get caught out. So um, yeah, I totally agree. It's a good way of, of using those players. Um, Aaron, anything to add on, on the 5-3-2? Uh, you think it might give it a go? I mean, it is tricky with the, you need a lot of box-to-box yeah, box so players and that's probably uh, he's got plenty of SBC players we'll get him when, Gabe, uh, <laughs> when Gabe first uh, was tweeting about it I tried it a few times and like I think it's like a question of the gameplay versus me my efficacy with the formation versus like how much I just like it overall so I like I, I won a few games with it and it wasn't it wasn't like uncomfortable it's just like not really I, I a few times I I found myself like getting countered down the wings, like I always do when I play with three center back formation. Like I always get countered down the wings. It's, I don't know what it is. I just always do. Uh, in general, in like I think because I kind of try to more mirror my formations in the game with like how I like teams to play in real life. I typically like just like four back formations in general. So that I don't I don't have a problem with it. I just probably will not use it. which i don't blame you for at all right like i i i would say for like most people like coming into contact with some of like my wacko fifa ideas and formations like it's not going to be that fun if you've been 
playing a certain style. And like, I will say for as much as I bash on the four, two, three, one, it's not on the formation itself. It's how people play it this year, because I think it is widely common in real football. And so many, many favorite teams for people like across the world line up in a four, two, three, one. And so I do not blame people for like that formation. My issue more so is like with how it ends up playing out in game and how the game's coded to sort of allow that type of style. And so I, you know, it, it, people line up that way because it has the benefits of attacking creative players and then solid defensive setup. It's just in FIFA, the way it works with some of the AI and how you can pack it in and then not be penalized at all in attack for packing it in. Like that's where my issue is. Mm. It's not with the formation itself. Yeah. 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 I I 100% agree with that. And usually, to be honest, like the way I like make my teams these days, I have like 12 different squads. (laughs) I mean, the the way I like make my teams is I'll just like kind of copy a a new one because I don't want to get rid of my like player instructions and tactics, things like that. I'll just copy a new one into a squad and then just like take every player out and then just whatever players I want to play. Like if I want Ribery, Firmino, Bruno Fernandez, and like, Sancho in a squad I'll put them in and then like put the rest of the players around them kind of and figure it out from there that's that's what's fun for me is just the squad building and figuring out how to fit everybody into one team Mm. yeah yeah that's true I mean you always got to remember that one of the things especially when we're talking about it on the pod is like you do need the players to fit the formation and especially at this point if you've kind of settled on certain players that you want to use like it's happened for me uh, having Ribery, Ibrahimovic, Messi and Dembele it just won't work in a 5-3-2 and you kind of just got to accept that rather than trying to force it sometimes and if you want to uh, enjoy your FIFA in a different way and in, in a different formation then then you got to just go for that and, and what that works what, <laughs> what Ribery fullback you think wait wait say, say what were the players again you want to use Usman Usman Ribery oh yeah that doesn't yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's just it's just too many out and out forwards I think that's I just, the problem I just no you just play it uh, what's the instruction you can put on your center backs? Like always to always join the attack. You just put Zlatan as your central center back <laughs> yeah. and orchestrate from there. Problem solved. Uh, I would actually try that. That could be quite fun. Yeah, let, let's move on to something that uh, is a more of a gameplay specific question, I suppose. And Giannetti asking, beside the fake shot stop, what are other ways to stop and turn quickly? For example, uh, the R2 sprint seems to let players turn fast too. Uh, do either of you use a specific move in order to stop up or to make quick turns uh japes uh, anything for me uh i use left bumper not infrequently or l1 not infrequently so that's like strafe dribble isn't it but you can kind yeah, of yeah it's it like kind turn. of like a strafe yeah. dribble and i've started i've started actually getting really really pretty aggressive with it and using it Specifically with one of these like quick acceleration players, you can sort of like use it with your midfielders slash attackers. I use it with the whoever's playing the false nine in my setup quite a bit where they've dropped into the midfield and I'm sort of like lazily using it outside the area and then you can release it while you hit the sprint button and they'll just blow by people. Mm, like they'll mm. absolutely blow by people. Um going from yeah, you like can a full stop. sprint out of a straight dribble, like like it the acceleration's insane. Mm. I do like to use the strip dribble to to kind of stop on a dime as well. And I like I think you said it earlier, Ben. I actually really, in terms of changing direction, I've found the McGady spin has, has been pretty like useful this year, just mm. because of the way the animation shields the ball as you as you 
as you come across. Uh, you either like the defender will like clean your legs out or you'll just roll them. Mm. Um, so it's, it's been pretty effective, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You have to be basically slightly behind the player to cut in with it. And I think it does only work in very specific situations. But if, if you know those situations, it works well. And I guess that's the same with most skills. I think in terms of sort of stopping and turning, I think the strafe dribble is actually a pretty good one. I mean, obviously, drag back is the classic, of course. But I mean, that's probably going to get a, a big nerf next year. The The sort of options aside from that, what I like about the strafe dribble in combination with maybe just another skill move is that you can basically tap the LB button just gently as you as you dribble and it will just allow you to kind of stop and face up towards the play or you're dribbling against. And in certain situations, I think that kind of reset and the face up just kind of makes your opponent feel like you're taking almost a, a second to stop and then it will allow you to to go again quite quickly afterwards, which I think... Where if you're going to do the full-on stop-up, so if you just dummy and then leave uh, the directions without an input, you'll, you'll stop still, but it takes much longer. Whereas if you do the LB, it's a very quick kind of stop. And, and that speed of it and then moving off can do your opponent where perhaps the standard stop-up dummy probably wouldn't. What I do quite like, which I definitely have mentioned before, but I really feel like it's one of those things that until you do it and get used to it, you don't realize how effective it is. And also you'll start to notice that very good opponents you play probably are doing it is uh, the first touch that you can do, which is a sort of disguised first touch. And when the ball is coming into you, if you hold R1, RB, you can kind of let it run through your legs. Whereas with this, what you're doing is holding R1, RB, but then moving the ball with your first touch into a different direction other than behind you and it does this sort of disguised first touch sort of heavy first touch i guess into whichever direction you're pointing and that in the box can be super effective you need a bit of space in the direction that you're going but if you do that and hit it first time uh, it's really really good right i think it's time to wrap up it's a shame because this next question i did want to discuss but maybe we can bring it in in a future week or even potentially feed this into a information podcast i reckon Soviet and neil asking about the 41212 uh, variants i guess the narrow formations and saying that he's been beaten a few times quite comfortably by people playing them i definitely think it's a formation where if you become quite specialist at it then you can be really good with it but it is very limited and especially this year because you can't bring the fullbacks forward you're really limited in attack in terms of breaking down packed defenses but it's a excellent counter-attacking formation fast passing etc yeah. And it's something that I've always had there as an option in my game plans because it does work well against certain players. And just if you want to sort of vary things up during a game, get a different pattern of play going, I think it's quite effective. But I think this is something that could feed into a foot information podcast maybe about counter-picking formations, what formations to choose against different players' formations, play styles, because it's something that is a common theme through the years that certain formations work against certain formations and having that there would be quite a good resource i think so if, if you agree and would like to encourage that to happen then get in touch uh, i'll try and find a time across the summer to do it and actually talking of which next week will be a foot information podcast with going into connection and servers we did that before but so much has changed in the past year there's loads of new information uh, to bring you on that and it will hopefully help in terms of people who are having connection issues in terms of the things that you can actually control uh, all of that coming next week which is why again this is a full 
publicly available episode and next week will be a full patreon episode it's been great to have you back japes and it's been great to have aaron too japes where can people find you if they want to catch your streams yeah i i usually stream saturday mornings i'd imagine that i'll still do the same that's saturday morning us time uh, and you can find that twitch.tv slash air fifa or you can always send me your thoughts on twitter i'm always up for uh, a unique take on something fifa and you can find me twitter.com slash air perfect and aaron um you've got a, a twitter account which many people including myself enjoy do you want to share that with the listeners too yeah my twitter is at Oeste, O-E-S-T-E, that's West in Spanish. And I also periodically stream on Twitch at A-Y-Y-Y underscore West. Mm. Probably going to be doing that a little bit more in the next few weeks. Exciting. So you can catch him in there. Uh, admire that very, very complete club that he, uh, that he has. But Aaron, it's been a pleasure to have you on, as always. Really enjoyed it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun, as always. Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much for coming along again. A huge thanks to all you listeners for joining us this week. Don't forget that next week's is a foot information podcast, as I was just saying. Those are all available to gold patrons, but every patron has access to double the amount of foot weekly content. And that includes the most recent foot information podcast. So you can hear next week's as it drops if you become a patron over at bit.ly slash more pod. So that's bit.ly slash more pod. And if you are a supporter, then a huge, huge thank you for supporting the pod and keeping it going. It really does mean a huge amount. And of course, a big thanks too to those icon patrons. Dave B, Alan G, Hunter B, Thomas, Alistair, Martin M, Chris W, Matt L, Anthony R, DJ FIFA player, David S, Hugh J, Robbie S, Tom B, Paul S, Yannick H, Stephen F, Andrew LM, Nick Jack M, Christopher R, Damon H, Tenacious C, Jonathan P, David H, Harry P, Paul, Dominic, Rob P, Michael, Adam W, Pobius, Jeff B, Andrew T, Lee A, Jordan W, Rich T, Roger D, Dan W, Jason B D, Matt H, Alexander H, Kieran M, Dean M, Sam B, Alan M, Savage P, at Pace of a Tortoise, and Sam MG. A huge thanks again for your support and making this podcast possible. I'll catch you on the next one. When was the last time you thought about your batteries? I mean, that's what they do, right? Stay unnoticed, unseen, shoved in a battery compartment, and click, your stuff works. But you're going to be thinking about this one. Duracell Optimum, the battery that can make your devices work even better than copper top. Toothbrushes, faster. Screwdrivers, faster. RC cars, yeah, an upgrade without upgrading. So just this one time, do you and your devices a favor and upgrade to the power of Duracell Optimum. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play. 
VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929. At Arundel Mills, must be 21, please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.